Amen and amen. Happy Monday, Hope College. Thank you so much, Team X. Thank you, thank you. My name is Jennifer, and I am chaplain of discipleship, and I'm so grateful to be with you this morning. If you want to open your pew Bibles, we continue our time in the Gospel of John, and this morning we are in chapter 13. I'm not going to read all of verses 1 through 20. I'll read just a portion of it. Um, So let's hear the word of the Lord. Now, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come, his hour to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during the supper, Jesus, knowing, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know now what I am doing, but you will later understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Skipping down to verse 12. After he had washed their feet and had put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, there is a somber tone in our verses today because it's the beginning of the end. John writes that Jesus knew his hour had come, the hour of his departure, the hour of his agony, the hour of the cross. Jesus had come from God and was going to God, and he's leaving. And so it's time for Jesus to say goodbye to his disciples. And John writes with poetic beauty, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them till the end. Chapter 13 marks a turning point in the Gospel of John. This is the night of the Last Supper. Jesus is no longer talking to the curious crowd, all those who had followed him. He speaks now to just his own, his disciples. In other words, he speaks now just to you and I. John chapter 13 through 17 are the final words of Jesus, sort of his last lecture. Folks like to call him his farewell discourse. And because these are the last words to me, They feel especially dear. Of all Jesus' dear words, right? These are even more sweet. 
And I'm so glad that we are going to take our time with these words in chapel in the next few weeks. But today, there's just two things in particular that, that really moved me about how, how it is that Jesus loves his own and loves them till the end. He does two things here. He speaks and he washes. First, Jesus speaks. This is a simple thing, but one we cannot remind ourselves often enough because I think still at times it's hard to take in. Jesus loves us and loves us forever, and so he speaks. I just read it again in an article last week, this statistic that I'm frankly getting tired of hearing about, biblical illiteracy. The author was bemoaning that people your age in particular, but really people of all ages, are more and more biblically illiterate. That doesn't mean, of course, that you can't actually read the Bible. It means that we no longer are well-versed in the Bible. No longer are we familiar collectively with the big stories of the Bible or the overall narrative or the theme of the Bible. Much less do we know the particular people or places or promises of the Bible that a few generations ago would have been just commonplace. Day by day, it seems, our acquaintance with the Bible is getting worse, not better. And you know what I say to that? I say, no, just no. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for us. Friends, by the time you leave Hope College, our desire, our desire in campus ministries is for you to not be biblically illiterate, to be, but to be richly biblically literate and full of knowledge of the Bible. We pray that you might know Christ, the Word, right? The Word who became flesh. We pray that you might know this Word as his message, his speaking to you. We will pray that you would know the Bible, not because it's a good thing to do, because it is, not because it, it will win you friends or influence people. It might, it might not, not because it might get you an A on a test, which I hope it will. We want you to be biblically literate because Jesus speaks in love and loving you to the end. He speaks to you. He speaks words of command and challenge and life-changing truth. He speaks words of prayer and blessing and hope and promise. Friends, I feel like if a president or a king or a world leader or a celebrity sent you a message, you would pay attention, right? This word, this good news message is a million times more, more, than even a personal message from, I don't know, your favorite celebrity. Having loved his own who were in the world, Jesus loves them to the end by speaking to them. Today, if you hear his voice, listen. And I love Peter in this text, right? I always love Peter, he's so honest. He says, Jesus, I don't understand. And if you hear Jesus and you don't understand sometimes, that's okay. Jesus speaks. He speaks. And secondly, 
And here's the one that's really hard to take. He washes the disciples' feet. I want to be sure that you understand the historical significance of washing the feet because, you know, this was not the age of mani-pedis and whatnot. The, the term that the scholars use for this sort of thing is, ew, like gross. Let's imagine, right? The disciples, the, I don't know exactly, but I'm figuring they wore sandals. They lived in the desert. They bathed infrequently. If feet needed to be washed, usually folks just did it themselves. Maybe a slave, maybe a servant would do it. But it was highly unusual for a teacher or a master to wash the feet of his disciples. This foot washing may have been just a sign of the grace that abounds in Christ how Christ washes us in baptism, how he washes us at the cross. But yet, if you really think about it, there's still kind of that gross factor, right? Imagine it was sort of embarrassing. It was a little awkward and uncomfortable. I bet the disciples started to look at each other and exchange glances and wonder, what was Jesus doing? At the very least, this was not proper. It was a little degrading. And so, so Peter, of course, Peter says what we all probably would say, right? No, Jesus, no. Don't wash my feet. I'll take care of that myself. But God's ways are not our ways. And the wisdom of God is the foolishness of the world. Jesus was the Messiah, the Lord, the King of all things, right? Come to claim his kingdom. And the cross, Christ came to do what no one else could do, defeat his foe. Death, darkness, the dominion of evil, sin, injustice, the devil, the hour had come for him to do that. And no doubt the disciples knowing what he had come to do, look for Jesus to, I don't know, rise with swords ablazing or with a mighty army flanking him, but he doesn't do that. Jesus overcomes the world, not with weapons, but with washing. He takes off his robe and he bends down and he does for them what might, maybe not the lowest servant would even do for them. He touches them, and he loves them, and he washes their dirty feet. Who does that? The Lord. The Lord. And Jesus says, our call is to accept that kind of love. And if we don't, he says, you have no part of me. And then, as if that is not even hard enough, Jesus speaks further. He says, I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, and so now you also ought to wash one another's feet. I set you an example so that you may do as I have done. 
And our natural response may be very much, ugh. The girl down the hall with that bad attitude I don't like, the guy on the team who I just kind of, he rubs me the wrong way. That one who sits next to me in class, who I disagree with on pretty much everything, his feet, her feet, I have to wash that? Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And friend, how does Christ love us to the end? He washes us. He washes us and then, oh, the glory, he sends us, you and I, his own, into the world to keep on washing. We become the channels of his healing love to the whole world. I want to close. If, if you have to leave, that's just fine. I know I'm almost out of time, but I want to close with just this story of foot washing that that it's just so hard to comprehend. In a documentary shown some years ago on CNN, a reporter interviewed a woman in Rwanda named Ifingenia. She was from the Tutsi tribe, and during the Rwandan genocide of 1994, her husband and five children were clubbed and hacked to death by a mob of Hutus, including one of her neighbors. The neighbor who had participated in the massacre spent seven years in prison and then went before a tribal court where he asked for forgiveness and the whole community forgave him, including Ifengenia. Ifengenia opened her heart and forgave her neighbor, but it did not end there. She, being a master weaver, taught her neighbor's wife how to weave, and the two became friends and business partners. One day, Ifengenia, the day that the reporter visited, invited these same neighbors into her home and served them dinner. She served dinner to the man who killed her husband and her children. When asked how she found it in her heart to forgive, Ifengenia said simply, I am a Christian and I pray a lot. Who does that, friends? Only the Lord. Amen. Go in peace.